Hi, guys. Welcome back. Dolores is back. We back. Y'all know how the old people say, um, well, you know, it's not goodbye and see you later. Well, it's been a minute since I've seen y'all, and I'm just so excited to be back and chatting with you guys about women's basketball because Lord knows everything has been happening, and we got to talk about it. So I'm excited to get in. Um, this is going to be a short episode, but we're actually going to do a part two so that we can give all this content the comprehensive coverage that it deserves. Um, but Dolores got to say what she got to say um, so that the girls can get to chatting. Okay, but welcome back to After the Whistle with Dolores. Um, we are a women's basketball, um, Black-centric um, podcast. Um, that covers everything women's basketball, specifically the WNBA and women's college basketball. Um, if you are under a rock and don't know, um, we're in the thick of the WNBA playoffs, specifically at the finals, um, where we have the Chicago Sky playing the Phoenix Mercury. Um, and it is just a good time to talk about it. Um, for me, I, it's so full circle. I've been tweeting about it, but if you've listened to any of our other episodes, um, I mentioned that I thought the Chicago Sky could make a run to the finals. And when I made the statement, it was the, the Sky were not looking <laughs> like they would make the playoffs, girl. But something about the team and the pieces that they had just really met. Like, I just since jumped. Like, once they got Kenneth Parker um, in the offseason, once she, you know, said, I'm going home, they all the, mater the material was there. You know, you've got Courtney Vandersloot. Um, a top two um, point guard in the league. Uh, you've got Clea Copper, a rising star in the league. Candace Parker, top five GOAT conversation, dead or alive. Like they just have some really, really, really great pieces. And they have role players that know how to play their role. Um, and in the WNBA, that is so, so, so important. So um, just a little recap of how they got there. Um, Chicago Kai were still the Chicago Sky were not a top two seed, so they didn't get a double buy, and they weren't a top four seed, so they didn't get a single buy. Um, so the, so the Chicago Sky have been playing since the beginning of the playoffs. Um, they started off against the Dallas Wings. Um, that was, for me, You there was no way the Wings were matching up with the Sky. Um, too much experience. Um, when it's playoff basketball and you've got somebody like Candace Parker who's been there, done that, I did not see the um, wings making them sweat, and they didn't. Um, their next opponent was the Minnesota Lynx, and I honestly thought that's where they might, if they fell out before um, the finals, that's where they would fall out. Um, and they went up against Minnesota, who had, you know, who have still, um, see, um, all those great pieces there in Minnesota with Coach Reeves and they went and they got it done and they got it done on the inside. Um, they got a lot of their scoring in the paint. Um, even if it wasn't Candace and Azare specifically, um, Kalia Copper was attacking the basket. Um, their guards were getting in the lane and they were getting a lot of transition buckets off of um, Minnesota turnovers. Um, they found a way to neutralize um, Nafisa Collier um, and kept still somewhat at bay as much as you can keep a superstar at bay. Uh, moving to the next round, the semifinals, they were faced up against the number one seed. Um, the Connecticut Sun had been on a 14-game winning streak um, before they came up against the Sky. 
And let's just say that was some of the best basketball I've seen. Um, just stars showing out. Um, we got Courtney Vandersloot with the first triple-double in the um, playoffs since um, Cheryl Swoops. Um, we got Candace Parker head-to-head -head, um, with John Quill Jones, who was the MVP this year. Um, we just saw some really, 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 really good basketball. Um, we got some overtime games. Um, but ultimately, the um, Chicago Sky put it out in four. Um, and they did it in the end. It ended up looking really comfortable. Um, those first two to three games, you thought maybe um, the Chicago Sky's um, age could come back to bite them with some of their main pieces being older. But Coach Wade and Candace and Kalia, like I, I'm probably going to mention Kalia 17 times, but she has been just everything for this guy this um, playoffs, um, pretty much averaging a triple-double or right under it. Um, scoring 20-plus buckets a game or right under it. Um, just getting the clutch points and the clutch shot and the clutch steal, just doing it on both ends and really playing off of Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot really well. Um, I think a um, underrated or um, ace-in-the-hole player for this guy has been Azare Stevens. Um, she has had some of the toughest matchups this playoffs going up against um, the most improved player in Brianna Jones, going up against um, John Cole Jones, going up against Sill and Feet. Like she's played, and not to mention having to def defend Brittany Griner in the finals. Like she has really been a big and important piece for the sky and has helped that team look unstoppable um, in the playoffs. Um, I know I mentioned Minnesota just a little bit, but I wanted to go in a little bit more detail about that team. Um, we have not seen the Minnesota Lynx really do anything in the playoffs in a, in, a, in a good time, in a good while, or make it to the finals. And I just wanted to, you know, have a, I have a little hot take, and it's just that we could be seeing the decline of Minnesota into not mediocrity, but possibly falling into that bottom tier of the league if Coach Reeve doesn't do something big um, in the coming years in free agency. Um, if you know, um, Syl is approaching the end of her career. Um, I don't think she's out as in like this year, but she's made comments about, you know, wanting to um, have a child, um, not entering into the next Olympic cycle because of wanting to have a child. Um, she is older, um, and if a lot of I've seen a lot of black athletes, specifically in the WNBA, leave while while it's still fresh. Like still, 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 still looks great. She just won um, Defensive Player of the Year, um, and she's still playing great basketball. Um, but I, I don't know how much longer the Lynx have her, and how much longer the Lynx can rely on her. Um, this. Off-season, they picked up Kayla McBride and Ariel Powers, and they paid them a good chunk of money under the CBA. Um, you've got Fee, who's approaching the end of her rookie contract, and she's going to be due some money. Um, but the thing is, is that the pieces that I'm mentioning outside of Seal, in my opinion, are not franchise lead my team to a championship players. And 
Once Seal leaves, they don't have Maya anymore. They don't have any lasting players from the glory days. And because of that, I wonder, and because they're not really, you know, up for the lottery as in one, two, three, four, I wonder where they go to get the next piece. Um, because like I said, if Seal leaves, you don't have someone with championship experience in the way that Seal does. You don't have a quote unquote superstar. Um, I don't think um, Nafisa is a superstar. I think she's a great star, um, quote unquote role player. Um, but I don't see she to me, she's not going to lead a WNBA team to a championship. Um, so I really do wonder, could we be seeing the decline of Minnesota um, based on how um, still went out in the playoffs this year. Um, the two other teams I want to talk about, because I cannot talk about the playoffs without talking about Phoenix and Las Vegas. Um, both those teams matched up in the semifinals um, of the playoffs and another really, really, really good series. The series ended up going five. Um, the first four games were blowouts um, on one side or the other outside of maybe one of those games. Um, and the stars came to play, um, whether it was BG dropping 25 plus, um, Diana getting really hot, um, Skylar carving up Vegas, Chelsea Gray doing point guard things, Asia being Asia, um, Kelsey Plum, you know, doing what she does off the bench. Um, the stars really did come to play. Um, but I think the comment for that series is the coach did not. Um, that final game of the series, um, I just think you saw one team that had players and a coach who coached and played like they'd been there before. And I thought you saw um, a coach who let the moment get too big and did not rely on the pieces that got him there. Um, I don't want to go in too much detail about it because we could spend the entire podcast about it. And that's why we want to do a part two. Um, but I was just, as a fan, I was disappointed in what came of the end of the Phoenix and Vegas game. Um, you know, for me, um, Phoenix really relied on their th their big three. Um, once Kia Nurse got hurt, Sophia Cunningham's out of the game. Phoenix beat Vegas with a five plus two possible rotation. Um they 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 won a game with Kievan, um, Shea Petty playing basically big minutes or important roles off the bench or being the fifth starter. Um, and that is crazy considering we always we know Vegas as the deepest team in the league. Um, in that final game, Derek and Hamby barely played. Um, after Vegas goes up by 10 and then that gets knocked down to six. You see Asia, Asia barely get the ball for the rest of the game. There was just a lot of decisions being made at the end of that game that I just scratched my head for. Um, and as a fan of Asia Wilson, um, period, um, it, it was very frustrating, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but moving towards the finals, um, as you know, um, Phoenix and Chicago are going head-to-head -head for the WNBA title. Um, and I didn't know if Chicago would come out and be lights of blazing. Um, I, you know, when Diana's playing in the series, the refs are going to be involved either on her side or not. And I thought 
they might with BG's physicality, um, with Diana Taurasi's aggression and Skylar's ability to attack the paint, I thought they might stress um, Chicago's defense and put some important players in foul trouble. But it ended up happening the opposite, happening the opposite way in the first game. Um, and once they took um, DT out of the game um, with three fouls early, it was like, you know, your second best players can't beat our second and third and fourth and fifth best players. And that's what we saw. Um, Stephanie Dosen had a big game for Chicago. Um, Quig was solid. It was just a full, well-rounded attack led by Candace and Kalia. Um, and so I'm looking forward to see what happens with the rest of this series um, between the two. Um, there's some big storylines there. You know, Candace um, just returned home. If she gets a championship in the first year on a new team, does she retire? Um, you know, Twitter would be set on fire if that happens, but it would be a gorgeous ending to a storied career. Um, so I'm just excited to see how it ends. I don't, I'm not counting Phoenix out of the series just yet. Um, when you've got players that have been there and done that, I don't count them out because let's, I mean, if you look back at the Vegas series, Vegas hammered, hammered Phoenix that first game. And then those next two and a half, three games, Phoenix looked like a completely different team. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see um, what happens in game two, because I think that's pivotal. And I mean, that's kind of like, uh, if they win it, they're up 2-0. But if they lose it, how do you respond um, in terms of how does Chicago respond? Um, because all signs are pointing to a title um, in Chicago based on how they're playing. So um, the playoffs are interesting. Um, great TV. Um, if you don't watch the WNBA, this is your time to fall in love with the WNBA. Um, because this is some of the best basketball you'll see men's or women um, right now. So that kind of wraps up wraps up my spiel on the playoffs. But I definitely encourage you to watch. And I can't wait to go into more detail about some of the games that we didn't get to talk about. Um, I thought the New York Phoenix game early on in the playoffs was amazing, 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 amazing basketball. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing um, you know, what happens and what goes on um, as the playoffs continue. Um, our next topic, girl, 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 girl. Um, we had the title of Dreams and Nightmares because the Atlanta Dream, okay? <laughs> the Atlanta Dream have been a shit show. Excuse my language. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, if you've been following the pod, we've kind of been keeping up with the Kennedy Carter um, suspension and the Courtney Williams beef. Um, well, that got turned up to 2000 um, when Howard McDowell um, released a um, statement from the Atlanta Dream saying that um, Courtney Williams and... Crystal Bradford would not be axed or signed or be re-signed to the dream because of a video that was released by Courtney of um, her getting into an altercation um, prior to or right at the beginning of the WNBA season. Um, this video has gone viral. It's been on TMZ, um, just about ev every major media, social media 
platform has seen it. Um, the girls were fighting, okay? The girls were fighting. Um, and it's so ironic that M Courtney ends up being the reason that she is no longer with the team. Because for so much of the Kennedy Carter situation, the narrative was steered by a lot of the dream players in Courtney's favor. Oh, Kennedy's the problem. Like there's like all the tweets and everything that was said was very much one-sided. And for Courtney to come out and release a video of herself fighting after she had a history of fighting, um, whether it be inside or outside of the league, those, those comments about, you know, being a veteran, experience and doing the right thing and listening, it's like, do they apply? Or do they only apply to one person? Um, and that was very, 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 very telling. Because after the video was released, it was almost like when the, you know, when the backlash came from, you know, the Kennedy stands, um, that there was this like, oh, I didn't know. Like, and it to me, it's just a cop out for the entire organization and more on the story. Ultimately, we found out that Atlanta knew about the fight during the season, had released a statement. Um, but once the, the video was published by Courtney, the, you know, tables turned and they were like, well, we can't have you on the team. That statement ends up because Krista Bradford is in the video fighting after having such a great season. Now she's no longer able to return to the team. And it was just such a, just the, of the lack of accountability, the lack of maturity, and was baffling, baffling. Um, and to watch Kennedy be on the outside and not play for an entire season as a result of a situation that was with that player and with the organization, I just, girl, it was very much giving karma and it was very much giving, we've got to be responsible. <laughs> um, but... Um, I don't want to be so negative. I do want to say that I do think this could be a really good opportunity for the dream to write the shit. Um, you've got new management. Everyone's been questioning the decisions of management since Nikki Collin left. Um, pretty much the entire team outside of Cheyenne Parker, um, you know, Ari, I'm sorry, Ari McDonald, um, and whatever they do with Kennedy, the, all those players, those three players or two players, um, are guaranteed to be back. Everybody else is up in the air. Um, and if Atlanta really wants to be, you know, the Atlanta of Angel McCultry and the Atlanta that was always in the finals or always in the made a deep run in the playoffs, they can really take this opportunity to go get some players. Um, we've got some great players in the W from that area. Um, Diamond Shields is from the Atlanta area. Um, Asia's from the South Carolina area. Alicia Grace from the Atlanta area. There's some really, really, really solid players that can go up in free agency and that could really turn um, that team around. Um, Tina Charles is an another possible option um, if they get the right coach and the right um, people leading the program. So, you know, what is a nightmare could eventually become a dream or we might just be living a horror story. <laughs> if something does not change with the girls in Atlanta. Um, so yeah, that kind of concludes where we are.
with Atlanta. Um, moving on, the WNBA GOAT vote. We finally got an answer <laughs> for the GOAT vote. And, you know, we should have known. The WNBA released the winner for the GOAT vote after the first quarter of the WNBA finals. And drum roll, please, the winner was DT. She was the GOAT vote. Um, show me the votes. Show me, show me the votes is, is all I can really say. Um, but one thing that I that I that I really liked and that I heard um, by Lisa Leslie was when talking about the goat vote, it's very interesting that we're not simply allowed to discuss this as fans or as media. Um, the league being you know, only 25 years old. Um, tw you know, we have 25 best players that they've come out and announced based on certain requirements. It's so interesting that the WNBA in and of itself, even on broadcast, is pushing this narrative to outwardly and completely back one player for the GOAT. The, you know, fans of the league and, you know, non-fans love to say, you know, well, what does the NBA do? How can we, you know, compare to the NBA? On no planet would the NBA run a marketing campaign to specifically say, oh, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Oh, LeBron is a joke. Go, oh, Kobe. Like, there's too many players that played in different eras, eras to do that. And by doing that, making it about one player, you literally negate the experiences of a diverse group of people that know or experience other people to be their GOAT. The GOAT is subjective. Like, no matter how many stats you look at, everyone's experience of different players and their impact changes. There's too many factors in it. And I, I get the, I, oh, it's great to have these conversations. But my pushback, and I think the WNBA pushback, Twitter pushback is, is that in a league where we're still struggling to find the balance between 80% Black marketing those 80% back players, giving equal coverage, giving everyone their just due, not just pinpointing the same people over and over and over, giving a more diverse narrative. How can we say we want to give it a more, more diverse narrative and then only give credit to one player based on votes that we know nothing about aside from the fact that some media voted on it, some fans voted on it, but even in our marketing of it, we're still pushing one player. Because before the GOAT vote was even announced, there was a GOAT chat on the WNBA, on the WNBA app last year. Anytime you turn to ESPN, the, the most market players are 
Diana, Sue, Bree Stewart, Sabrina Inescu. Like, these things, it's like, you can't say, oh, the fans voted for this on the go. Well, what fans? Like, are these the fans that, like, know the league, know it for 25 years? Are these the fans that know it based on what is pushed through your marketing? Or are these fans that are knowledgeable and, and did research and actually looked? Because, ev you know, everyone might not have been here to see the Cynthia Coopers, the Lisa Leslie's. Um, you know, some people may have missed Maya, like Tamika, all these other players that, you know, we can definitely throw in and have a real debate about the GOAT vote. But why not leave that debate to fans? Why not give us a platform or a network or an or something on ESPN where you have five to ten writers, five to ten broadcasters pulling up stats, giving reasons why they selected this GOAT. Um, a very controversial um, situation on Twitter relating to this was um, the Katie Smith ESPN article. I'm sorry, Katie Bourne's ESPN article um, that incorporated some ESPN personalities. Um, in ranking the top 25 WNBA players, um, that got really heated because even in that selection, Diana was the GOAT. Well, when you look at the people that were voting on the selection, those voters were not reflective of the league itself. We've got a predominantly Black league, and yet the people voting on who is the GOAT are predominantly white. So again, like, and that that was published by ESPN. So it's like this, they're supporting their own narratives and almost creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it, it, it makes it really hard for other or Black players to exist and be recognized in the same way or comparably. So it's, it's very, very, very frustrating because in order for the league to grow, we've got to find a way to, to get out of our own way and to make the league palatable to non-white people. Because if 80% of the league is black and those black players have friends and family and supporters who are also a diverse group of people, but we're only marketing towards the white faces of the league. How do you draw in new fans? How do you expect people to fall in love with Kalia Copper in the WNBA playoffs if we never hear about her? Or if we only hear about her as it relates to KFC Chicken? What in the ghetto is that? We've got to do a better job of showcasing and telling the stories of all the athletes so that the next time we do a WNBA GOAT vote, we don't have to argue, well, were they all marketed the same? Were their accomplishments, were their stories told? Because that's, that's what's going to happen. So it's above me, but I'm over it. Okay, we've got to do a better job of telling our stories and telling them comprehensively. Okay, next question, period. 
Um, but we are wrapping up the episode. Um, we've kind of gotten to the finals a little bit earlier. I just want to say this, the, like I said earlier, that, that second game is going to be big, big. Um, I, some, some of my thoughts going into the second game, can the others on Phoenix do enough? And if the others on Phoenix can do enough and create the, the thought in the back of Chicago's head, can can some mind games begin to have, you know be played? Um, the only other um, Courtney Vandersloot led, um, well not necessarily led, but she did play in the finals with the Chicago Sky back in 2014. Outside of that, the only winner, the only player that has won a title on Chicago's um, Sky is Candace Parker. On the on the flip side of that, you've got. DT, who, as we know, has multiple titles, got BG. Um, Skylar's never won a title, but she's been been in the league for forever. And she's surrounded by two um, people with great experience. Um, Kiavon is a veteran in the league. Um, so they've got players, and Sandy Brandello has been there and coached it and done it. Um, so they've got players, and they've got a staff that knows what it's like to win and win under pressure. So can they do enough? to put some heat under the sky. And I think that'll be what what we find out in game two because the um, they, they lost that first game at home. Um, if they don't win this next one, I don't see them stopping Chicago in Chicago. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens um, moving towards the finals um, as the games, um, as the games continue. Um, so yeah. I want you guys to watch. We will be watching because we're going to discuss it. Um, but keep watching the W. Um, the women's college basketball season is right around the corner. And Lord knows we can't wait on that. Um, in our next episode, we're going to get a little bit into free agency um, and see what that tease like and see where some players could end up and make some predictions. Um, keep following us on After the Whistle um, because we are going to come with more and more content and more information. Um, if you like the episode, follow us on ATWD. Um, that's our Twitter. Um, if you want to follow my personal page, it's at Get This Dance. Um, I'm Dolores, and it's been a great time talking to you guys. Hopefully, you fall in love with the W the same way I fell in love with the W, because um, we want to see it grow, and we, we want to see bigger and better um, over the next 25 years. Um, so turn up for growth. Um, turn up for the best basketball we've seen in a while um, and keep watching. Love you all. Good night.